Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cultivate podcast from the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and so glad you're joining us. And we're now on our second episode in a new series where we're just kind of spending some time talking about the Holy Spirit. And in our first episode, and if you didn't listen to that, I'm encouraging you to stop this one and go back. In, the, in that first episode, we talked about who the Holy Spirit is. And we use a very simple phrase, he is God, to kind of encapsulate two very powerful theological concepts about who the Holy Spirit is. The first, and the, the, the use of the word he versus it, make sure we understand that the Holy Spirit is, is, a, is a person, an individual personality, and not just an impersonal force. And he is God. He is God. He is, has, he is full, fully God. Um, he is distinct from God the Father. He's distinct from Jesus. He is his own person but he is also fully God. And so we kind of touched a little bit on kind of some Trinity talk there at, at different points. But as we think about who the Holy Spirit is, we need to understand this is a person with whom we, we can connect and has the full power and knowledge that God has. So again, if you missed out on that, I would encourage you to listen to that because everything, that, everything else we have to say about the Holy Spirit and the work that he does in us, the work that he can do through us, all of that, I mean, it's, it's going to be of incredible importance that we understand that the Holy Spirit is a person that we can connect with and has the full attributes, the knowledge, the power, the wisdom that God has. And so what we're going to talk about today, and, and I, I kind of I named this episode, What Does the Holy Spirit Do for Us? And that is a, that, I mean, that is not a one 25-minute podcast. And so Really, what I, what I mean by that in this episode, we're kind of look at the things that immediately the Holy Spirit does, not the things that he can do for us when we connect with him, not the power that we can have walking day to day, but kind of in, in the moment that we receive Jesus Christ, what, is the Holy, what does the Holy Spirit do for us in, in, in those moments? Like, what, if I have the Holy Spirit in me, if the Holy Spirit I've given my life to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. There's some things that he does. There are things that are immediate, that are universal, that aren't about our ability to connect with him well, aren't about our ability to, to be living well, to do, to do right, to be praying a certain way, to act a certain way. These are just things that universally that the Holy Spirit does for each one of us. And I think these things are of incredible importance not because, hey, you need to know, otherwise, if you don't know, if you don't ask, these things won't happen, but things that you need to know that are already true about you because of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Again, we will spend a lot, we will spend a lot more time on the closer to the end of this series talking about accessing the Holy Spirit in a day-to-day way, and that if you will if if you will do this, if you'll if if you will recognize this, if you will interact with the Holy Spirit, then you have the potential to live this certain way or to see the Holy Spirit do these kinds of things in and through your life. We'll spend a lot of time talking about that. But even before we get into that, you need to understand that there are certain things that the Holy Spirit has already done for you. And they're not, again, they're not important to know so that you can make sure, hey, you you know, you got to make sure that you claim these things like some sort of like that, um, you ever been a, you heard of the Arkansas treasure hunt or seen that where they're like, you got unclaimed money somewhere and you got to claim it like sitting in, I, we found out, we found out, like, I've been seeing this thing for years since, since I was a little kid. I was used to see this thing in the, in the, in the, in the newspaper come out, right? 
these lists of all these people that had unclaimed money somewhere. Like who's got unclaimed money? And like last year, like when this thing came out and Heidi went and checked and, and it turned out Heidi and I both had like 20 bucks somewhere. We'd gotten some deposit that got sent to an old location that we didn't live at anymore. And suddenly we were 40 bucks richer. So we had something, but we didn't know. We didn't have access. We, we just, we had to claim it. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about an unclaimed treasure. There will be a point where I think we will talk about some unclaimed treasure, but this is not what it is. This is claimed treasure that just may be unknown to you. And when you know about something that is true about you that you didn't know, like you, I, didn't, I didn't know that this was true about me. I think knowing these sorts of things can give us a level of confidence and connection with God that, that, that can really help us. So we're going to look at three. I mean, there, 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 are, there are more that we can look at, but there, a lot of them are very similar. Um, but we're going to look at three in particular. We'll look at these three in particular that I think that kind of, for the most part, kind of can represent an umbrella of all of the things that God's Word tells us that the Holy Spirit does for us in salvation. And the first one is found in Ephesians chapter 1. And in Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 13, Paul says this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So it says here, that the Holy Spirit, that once we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, he becomes a seal and he becomes a deposit. And so the, the, the sealing of the Holy Spirit is, is, a, is, a, is a very common talked about kind of doctrine, right? It, it is something that the Holy Spirit does. We are sealed in the Spirit. And the way that it is described here, I mean, I mean obviously there's many definitions of the word seals. We're not, we're not certainly not talking about any... Um, sort of water mammal of any kind. We're not talking about that sort of seal. We're, we're, we're talking about kind of like a, like, like, a, like a stamp, right? Like, you know, you get the, you, you order a piece of meat and it's been inspected, hopefully, and it will tell you the, the level of grade that, he, that it has, right? Or it has something has an expiration date, has some sort of seal on it or some sort of guarantee, guaranteed fresh or something like that. Like when something has a seal on it, it is, it is a guarantee that, that it meets a certain kind of quality, right? That's kind of, these are the kind of things that we're looking for in food products that we buy. And so what Paul is saying here is that we have a certain seal put upon us by the Holy Spirit. And so when you believed past tense, okay, this is something that happened at the moment you believe. This is, a, this is of incredible importance. When you believed past tense, you were marked, okay? So what it's saying is that, so, the, so, the, so that when you believed, that's a, that's a past tense verb referring to something that happened in your past. And so now you have here, were marked, again, past tense. This is something that happened to you in your past. In your past, you were marked in him, by, in, in Jesus, with a seal, the Spirit. The Holy Spirit acts as a seal that, and that Paul describes then as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. 
And so at the moment that you believed, a stamp was put on you that says, this is one of the ones that gets a share in the inheritance of God. And that seal is a deposit. It is a guarantee. It is something that until the redemption of those who are in God's possession. And so it is a mark that is placed upon you. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your life is a, is a pledge, a seal, a promise that you will receive a portion of the inheritance of God. Well, there's a lot of reasons why that is important. And the first is just the idea of the assurance of salvation. I think, I think a lot of people live under a fear of that somehow there's going to be an incompleteness, that I put my faith in God and, and things are going good, but there's going to be times when things aren't going good. There's going to be a times when I'm believing strongly. There's going to be times when I'm, my faith begins to weaken. There's going to be some times when I'm, my circumstances are good and there's going to be some times when my circumstances are bad. And very often in just the normal ups and downs of life, and especially as it relates to our, our Christian and our spiritual life, you know, when you experience those up and downs, it can feel like that perhaps my connection with God is dependent upon me. And obviously there are some things in your relationship with God that do depend on you. The, the, the quality of that relationship, the, the health of your relationship with God has, somewhat to, has something to do with the quality of your life in that moment, but there are certain things that are not. And one of them is your participation in the inheritance of those who are God's possession. You have already been sealed. It was something you were marked in the past to, to receive this. And as a deposit, and again, you think about what a deposit is. I want to have this thing fully and I will give fully at some point. I will have it fully later, but I need to hold on to this. And so here is a deposit, right? So, you know, you're trying to sell somebody your car and they're like, hey, please don't give this car away. I'm, I'll, give you, I'll give you a deposit to hold on to this for me. So a deposit, right, is as valuable as, you know, the person who gives it to you. You know, is you know the reliability of whether or not it's going to come to completion depends on the reliability of the person. But you can also have a strong level of confidence that the person is going to fully do the thing that they said based on the quality of the deposit itself. Hey, if you hold this card for me, I'm gonna give you five bucks. We hold this card for me is a whole lot different than I'll give you five hundred dollars. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you'll hold on to this for me. Have a strong level of confidence based on the integrity of the person and the quality of the deposit. And God is making this promise here that I will make sure that you fully participate and that you fully receive your portion of the inheritance, that you will be with me forever in heaven, celebrating with me, right? Whether or not you can trust that deposit, that seal, that guarantee depends not on the quality of your personal spiritual life. It is on the character of the person who gives you the deposit, which we're talking about the God of the universe, and two, the nature and the quality of the deposit himself. The deposit is the Holy Spirit. And so what he is giving you is of such great value that you can be assured that a person of incredible character that will give that much of a deposit is going to bring the transaction to a close. This is the metaphor, the imagery that Paul is using here. And in, and in understanding that too, it's important to hear this, that what God has promised you 
um, is represented in part by the deposit, which is the Holy Spirit. So the presence of the Almighty God coming to live inside you to guide and direct your life is only a small deposit of what God has for you in the future. I mean, just think it, try just take a moment and just reflect on that. One of the most incredible things that, that God has ever done for anyone ever is to make the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit universal in the lives of everyone who believes. That is an amazing thing, but it is only a taste, only a small portion, only a deposit on the full payment that God wants to give you at some point. So think about that, like what you have already received through salvation. I've, I have been saved through from the, the power of sin. I have been made new on the inside. God has given the Holy Spirit to me so to, to teach me, to guide me, to lead me, to love me. And that is only a taste of what God wants to do, right? And so take some, take some rest in that. I think there are too many people that if we say we talk about how secure our position is in God, that we will become spiritually lazy in some way. This isn't about whether or not you're going to be spiritually lazy. This is about whether or not you can just in your heart and your mind that you can have true spiritual rest, that I can, I can trust. I don't have to feel anxious. I don't have to feel overwhelmed. I don't have to feel like all of this is dependent upon me because God the Father made this deposit this he sealed me through his holy spirit so this is it is it is in fact one of the most incredible things that god does and it is way undermentioned this sealing of the promised holy spirit all right so another one another thing that the holy spirit will do for us upon our belief is found in 1 corinthians chapter 12 and in 1 corinthians chapter 12 this is in a larger passage about spiritual gifts and it is part of the, the larger passage about the, the metaphor of the body of Christ. Some people are hands, some people are feet, some people are eyes, some people are ears. It's part of the larger passage that includes the things that um, Paul says about love, you know, that, that you know, love is, love, is, love, is, love is patient, love is kind. A lot of us are familiar with that. It's 1 Corinthians 13. This is all part of this extended passage talking about how our connection to one another through the body the spiritual gifts that we have, and really how love needs to govern all of that. And in the middle of this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12, Paul says this, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Again, talking about this body metaphor. We're all different. We, we have different functions, but you put us all together and we become a body the same way your normal body works. You got toes, you got fingers, you got, you got hair, you got eyes, you got nose, you got all these different parts. They're all different, but they all come together to have one thing. So this is a message of kind of a unity and diversity message, which is a message that just cannot be preached enough in enough context. The unity and diversity that God is wanting us to have as followers of him. So this is what he's talking about, verse 12. That all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So he's talking about the unity that we have, even though that we're all very different. Verse 13, for, and this is kind of how he is proving this point, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. 
Even so, the body is made up of one part, not made up of one part, but of many. And so basically the way he's saying is that to, to, really, to, to illustrate this, you know, that we are all one body, like, how, how do I know this? Because every one of us has been baptized by the same spirit. The same spirit baptized each one of us to form a body. And so you hear that word baptized and you're going to think of water baptism, which is not what he's talking about here specifically. He's talking about something that the Holy Spirit does. And so this word baptize, and again, this is going to, this is going to sound, not political is not the right word. This is going to sound more uh, like I'm taking a strong stance on what water baptism is supposed to be by what I'm going to say here. But, but baptism is a word that means to immerse something, to take something and completely cover it. Right, the the most common use of this word outside of spiritual context at the time was in the dying of clothing. Like I've got this, I've got this 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 article of clothing, and I want to turn it red. How do I turn it red? I take the whole thing and I baptize it, and it the whole thing becomes red. And so it's this idea of taking something and deeply immersing it into it so that everything about it is completely identified with the thing that I'm um, um, immersing it into. So to be baptized by the Spirit, right, to be, is something that the, that the Holy Spirit does. And so we are, we are fully immersed into Him. And it says because of that, one of the things that He does, um, He baptized by us so as to form one body. We are all fully immersed in what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And because of that, we are placed into a body. So it is a, it is a, it is a unifying piece. Um, and, and, and he makes this point, not Jews, Gentiles, slave free. Everybody has the same spirit, has the same immersion, has the same level, the same connectivity. And because of that, no matter how diverse you are, no matter what your background is, no matter what your spiritual gifts are, no matter what your social status is, we are all fully immersed and connected to play different roles and to be unified into the body of Christ. I feel like I need to take a pause here. And in this pause, we will preview a little bit what is coming in episode three. You may not feel this, that what I said right there was controversial. That may just feel like, well, I didn't know that. That's kind of interesting. You may not know that that was controversial, but in fact, it was a little bit controversial because the idea of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is and what it looks like, its unifying principles, whatever, um, is disputed amongst two very significant portions of Christianity uh, between what we will just call, and I will define these terms a little bit better in episode three, between what we would call evangelical Christians and more Pentecostal or charismatic Christians. Different definitions of what baptism of the Spirit means and the evidences of that and so because it is a controversial thing, I feel like it needs to be explained a little bit better, but it will be explained a little bit better in its own episode next time. But for, for our purposes right here, I think it is important for us to, to at least acknowledge what Paul says here, which is, says that every person, regardless of gifting, has been baptized, has been baptized by the Spirit. And so again, preview there's some, there's some distinctions on baptism, the Spirit, of the Spirit, by the Spirit, in the Spirit, that other groups might want to make. 
Um, but even those people, no one would disagree that whatever Paul is talking about here is universal for everyone. There is a baptism of the Spirit that is universal for everyone. Whether or not there's another definition out there for a different type of baptism, we'll save that for next time. But recognize this, this unifying principle of what the Holy Spirit does, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, your background, your present, your past, your future, we are all fully connected to one another because we have been fully connected to the Holy Spirit. And the third um, one that we were talking about is what we call the indwelling of the Spirit. And I want to make sure I make a distinction here between that the Spirit comes to indwell you and uh, being filled with the Spirit. Because these are two different ideas, and we will dedicate, I would imagine, an entire episode to the being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is about more is the Holy Spirit in any particular moment a controlling presence in your life? Okay, so is, is he a controlling presence? That is what we're talking about when we talk about the doctrine of being filled with the Spirit. The indwelling of the Spirit is not whether or not he is a controlling presence, but the fact that he is a presence. And so at the moment you become a believer, anyone who is a believer, you have the Holy Spirit his presence is there. He is indwelling you. So I know you're trying to make a little nuanced distinction here, but I hope that you'll get it. Does the Holy Spirit live in you? If you are a believer, yes, that is true. He indwells you. Are you full of the Holy Spirit? Is a, is a, is a, is a, it depends. He is there, but are you full? Are you fully connected? Are you, again, is he a controlling presence in your life in any given moment? That, that's an it depends. His indwelling is something that he does. And you'll see this in 1 Corinthians 3. You see in 1 Corinthians 6. You see it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, Paul connects it. He says the same thing, different, different places, right? You are the temple of God because the Spirit of God lives in you. And so, you know, basically all of these, you know, he, he, he uses this as an admonition against certain types of sins um, against your own body, namely around sexual immorality. Like you should be careful what you do with your body. You should be careful what you do with your body because your body is a temple. And if it is a temple, that, that what, what he's saying is that it is a place where God dwells. And so your body is a place where God is. So God, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. You are a temple of God. Now, I mean, the, one of the primary ways that Paul uses that, again, is to say, if that's the case, then you need to be careful what you do to your body because your body is a precious container for, for God, for God's presence that dwells inside of you. And again, specifically around sexual sins, because there is a thing that some people will say, and obviously they were saying it 2,000 years ago, anything that I do to myself, if I'm only hurting me, no one... No one should speak into that. It's just like no one's getting hurt. It's just, it's just me. Like anything that I do for me, as long as I'm not, like people say, as long as I'm not hurting anybody else, it's fine. Paul's speaking out against that. He's speaking out against the idea of as long as no one else get hurt, gets hurt, it's fine. Because, you know, the reality of it is, one, you are, the t- you, you are a temple of God is the point that Paul's making. And the reality of it is, too, if no one's getting hurt but you, you are still of incredible value and importance to God. And so, I mean, you are still doing damage to someone who was created in the image of God 
And now as a believer, not just someone who's created in the image of God, but is a temple of God in which God dwells. And so that's, that's, that's an important piece of thing, important thing to understand. But another thing I think that is important to understand is we kind of process this idea of that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you is that we are not talking about God as external to me, trying to give me advice. It, it got, the Holy Spirit becomes an internal voice to you. And again, when we're talking about more later on in this series about how to access this power that the Holy Spirit can give us, we'll talk about this more in depth, but I will give you a, a bit of a hint, right? Um, I've talked, if you've, if you've heard me on Sunday, you've probably heard me say this a couple of times. If you listen to this podcast, this is the first of at least two or probably three, two or three times you're going to hear me say it. But an illustration that you'll often see like in cartoons is if a cartoon character is trying to make an important decision, an angel and a demon will appear on each one of his shoulders trying to talk him into a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but uh, what this is, is that the voice that is trying to get you to choose right, to do right, that is pushing you towards what God wants you to do is not external to you anymore. It is, it is the presence of God inside of you doing battle inside of you. And honestly, it's doing battle against you inside of you. It is not two external voices trying to get you to make a good decision. It is God's voice now inside of you battling with all the other voices that are inside of you trying to get you to choose the right thing. It is an internal battle. We will talk about that a lot more. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 because Paul, Paul makes this abundantly clear there. But I think it is important for you to understand that the presence of God dwells inside of you. He comes to live in you. And so this is a place where he has is, he is, he is taken up residence. And you put all of these things together, right? The seal, the full immersion, the living inside, all of those things, not just suggest permanence, not just imply permanence, they teach permanence. This is something that is a true reality for you and is not the kind of thing that God takes away. So there, there, is, there, is, there is a permanence here, and there's a significance to it, a seal, a promise, a baptizing, a full connection to the body, and an indwelling where God comes to live and guide you from the inside. And so these are the things, this, this is what we can, this, this is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what happens to you when you put your faith in him. So now I have been given all of this, what am I supposed to do with that? Which is what we'll talk about a little bit later. But like I promised, we're going to take a little small, I say small, we will take an excursion of an undetermined size to make sure we kind of understand uh, the, some of the distinctions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how it relates to certain spiritual gifts. Because depending on your background or some of the, some of the theological positions of people around you or your family or your friends or whatever, this can be a controversial thing and can be, can be, can be difficult for us to navigate. So we're just gonna, we're gonna spend some time talking about that next. But this time, let's make sure that we are right here where we need to be, that we understand that the Holy Spirit is a person that we can connect with, is fully God and has done things for us immediately upon putting our faith in Jesus Christ where he comes to live in us. He seals us as a deposit for future connection with God forever and fully immerses us in what the Holy Spirit offers. And that is what joins us into the body of Christ. 
And so I hope that God is using this to kind of help you better understand what the whole, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit can do, and how ultimately you can connect with him in your day-to-day life. And so I hope you're enjoying this. Hope you'll continue to come back as we spend some time talking over the Holy Spirit over the next few weeks. And as always, um, we would love to see you on a Sunday if you are not a part of the Grove. We'd love to see you at one of our services um, at 9, 1030. You can get all the information you need on that at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. We'd love to see you there. If you can't make it there for because you don't live here for some other reasons, we're always streaming that 1030 service. Again, all the details you need there are at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. There's a card that you can fill out. You can email me at charlie at thegrovechurch.org if you ever have any questions or thoughts. Uh, either way, in any way possible, we'd love to help you and connect with you any way that we can. So again, thank you for joining us on the Grove Church po- Podcast. I'm Charlie Lofton. Thanks for joining us.